Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Dolphins go back to New York this Sunday to play the New York Giants. They play the Jets there at the same place last week in MetLife Stadium. We are joined here to preview the game by Justin Pennick. You can follow him on Twitter, J-P-E-N-I-K-74. He is from the Bleeding NY Giants podcast. They do some great work over there. Be sure to follow them on all the social media outlets, too. Justin, thanks for joining us here tonight. Pat, I am so, so happy to be here to talk about two very competitive football teams right now. (laughs) Yeah, competitive, but competitive in a little bit of a different way. And in saying that, Right now, if the season ended, as you know, the New York Giants would pick second. The Dolphins would pick fourth. So a lot of draft pick implications in this game. There's also Eli Manning and Daniel Jones up in the air. So uh, straightforward, do you want the Giants to win this game? Do I want the Giants to win this game? This answer has, um, and I feel like it always has multiple layers to this because I'm pretty sure this is a question uh, I'm sure you guys were talking about maybe earlier in the season before this team really started to play for Brian Flores. Uh, But right now with Eli Manning at quarterback, I'm very, very okay with losing. Um, I maybe don't want to lose, but I'm okay with it. Throughout the last couple of years, especially post-2016 with the Giants, uh, the most frustrating aspect would be, okay, we're in the middle of November and December with nothing to really play for and no direction at the most important position in all of sports. So if Eli Manning is playing, I am obviously not rooting to lose, like I said, but you won't see me losing my mind over continual bad play because I know Jones is there developing on the side and Shermer and possibly Dave Gettleman is gone anyway. Uh, However, with Jones at quarterback, um, which I do not think he's going to play this Sunday either. um, He was limited. He was a limited participant on practice on Wednesday, the night we're recording this. So I would keep track of that practice report on Thursday and especially on Friday. If he's limited, I would say Eli starts. If Jones is a full participant, look for Jones to play. But basically, with Jones at quarterback, uh, I would be rooting for them to win because it's important for his development, even if Shermer will not be here next year. Um, putting together complete games, games where he's not turning over the ball, games where he is reading the defenses in live action, those are some things that you just can't replicate um, when you're inside the building. And it's things that he struggled with at times this year. And, you know, at least before his injury, the Giants had an opportunity with playing the Eagles twice, the Washington Football Club and the Miami Dolphins, uh, for, you know, somewhat poor secondaries and somewhat poor defenses he had an opportunity to do it but at least for last week and possibly this week uh he won't be there um yeah so let's look at the you know you've got the quarterback situation there with daniel jones and and, you know sixth overall pick and on the season uh, almost 2400 yards even though he didn't start every game 18 touchdowns 11 interceptions but he also has a lot of fumbles on the year too 
it was obviously a shock pick when Daniel Jones went to the Giants in six. Regardless of whether or not he plays in this game, what is the feeling on Daniel Jones with the New York Giants fans after his rookie year? Something that Daniel Jones does that I think what you basically do want to see out of young quarterbacks, quarterbacks is that he has impeccable ball placement. I feel you cannot teach impeccable ball placement, and he makes plays. There are at least one or two plays every single week. You know, the Giants have been a team where their win probability percentage and the win probability rates, uh, they're not very good throughout the game. So they get down early. It, you know, it was earlier in the season with Eli Manning that they got off to quick starts. But ever since then, they've gotten off the poor starts, so they've been playing catch-up throughout the entire game. And the Giants have relatively been competitive throughout um, basically almost all of the games that they've played throughout the season, despite maybe what you see some of the box scores, the final scores are. And that's because Daniel Jones, a couple plays per game, he makes jaw-dropping plays, jaw-dropping throws to receivers that are heavily covered, but it's because of his impeccable ball placement and it's because of his great playmaking ability that at least I have confidence in Daniel Jones moving forward. Because you can't teach that stuff. You can't teach guts. You can't teach ballsiness. You bet. And he'll be the starting quarterback next year, no doubt about that. And the first-round pick the year before, Saquon Barkley. Now, I know there's a lot of debate with Sam Darnold and, and some of the other quarterbacks and Barkley at the top of that draft. And he shut a lot of people up, had over 2,000 total yards last year. This year's been a little different. He has back-to-back 100-yard games. Then he misses a couple then he comes back, and since he's come back, he, he hasn't put those uh, eye-opening you know, stats on the board since then. Do you attribute that, attribute that to the Giants' offensive line, to Barkley still being a little bit nicked up? Uh, you know, I, can't, I really don't know if anybody is smart enough to answer that question, and that's the frustrating thing about Saquon Barkley right now, is you, know, you even look at him last year, and that offensive line was – considerably worse than the offensive line that we have this year. You know, when you consider, you know, the experience of some of our younger guys on that offensive line, it's their kind of their second year in the system. It's Nate Solder's second year in the system. However, Nate Solder has typically just taken such a huge, huge decline down in his play. Nobody expected that where he's probably going to have to be a cap casualty and we're probably just going to have to eat that dead money. But he nor, he, neither here nor there about Saquon Barkley. At first, you know, you kind of think it's about the injury. And you're like, all right, you know, they rushed him back from a high ankle sprain. The recommendation for a high ankle sprain is four to eight weeks. He came back after four weeks. You question the training staff. Oh, Saquon Barkley's Superman and blah, 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 blah. He comes back and then he looks human. And now the, as, a few, as the weeks have kind of gone by, you know, you're seeing he has this east-west approach as opposed to running north and south. He's not breaking the tackles that he used to break, you know, like he did last year. And, it, you know, you're saying, oh, you know, that doesn't really look like it's an ankle issue. He's not seeing certain holes that the offensive line is opening up for him. So you kind of look at the all 22 and you look at the film and it's like, yeah, you know, obviously we know Saquon Barkley is somewhat limited by the ankle, maybe not as much as he was when he first came back from the injury. Uh, and that's the frustrating part about Saquon is that, you know, you, you want to say it's the injury, but also at the same time, uh, you also want to, you also yeah. want to say that he's that he's okay and that he can actually play football at a high level right now. I can't, I love your Twitter. I love your Twitter bio, by the way. You know, <laughs> I <laughs> love your Twitter bio. Running, running gold and running backs are, are replaceable. I'm I'm a big and believer that's in un- that. 
But and that's unfortunately, uh, you know, what the Giants are kind of uh, happening right now. Offensive tackles, their left tackle, uh, they really, really are lacking at left tackle. Look for whoever's going up against Nate Solder this Sunday to really have probably, uh, if they're looking for a breakout game, Nate Solder's the guy to go up against. Um, and if you're a defense that you know you want to have a good day against Saquon Barkley, it's probably not going to be that uh that tough to do. Yeah, and that's the thing with we're talking about a running back who in his rookie year had over 2,000 total yards and was incredible. But it's just so hard for a running back to justify that number two overall pick, you know, when you take a look at, at other positions on the team like left tackle and pass rusher. So, But let's look at some more other weapons on offense. You know, they signed Golden Tate in the offseason, and they draft Darius Slayton in, I believe, the fifth round. And over the last four weeks, this guy has 386 yards, four touchdowns, and destroyed the Eagles secondary last week for over 150 yards. Uh, it looks like Evan Ingram, at the time we're recording this, um, could be either limited or may not play in this game. So, how does the rest of uh, the how do the rest of the Giants' receivers and tight ends shake out heading into this Sunday's matchup? Well, basically, I feel the Giants are waiting for the Sterling Shepard that we saw earlier in the season to really uh, come to form. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I still consider, despite the success of Darius Slayton, Darius Slayton is still a rookie, and he's obviously breaking out in such a incredible, incredible way. But Sterling Shepard is still the guy that, you know, in terms of getting separation, in terms of, you know, getting yards after the catch, it's the guy that we really, you know, that this team has, this franchise has relied on, and they paid him accordingly. You know, they paid him accor- accordingly by giving a, a, a contract extension uh, before the season started. You know, we're waiting for that Sterling Shepard, but obviously, uh, again, another guy where you could say, you know, riddled with injuries. He's had a few concussions this year, but if he's cleared to play, you kind of do expect him to perform, and that performance has not been the same, um, basically, since he's come back from all those concussions that he's had. Yeah, and that's where the interesting matchup's going to be because the Giants certainly have a big advantage whether Ingram plays or not because the Dolphins, basically their top 10 defensive backs are out heading into this game. They put two more in injured reserve here today, so or, or just a couple of days ago. So it's it's going to be an advantage for the Giants there. And you talked about the offensive line. Nate Solder obviously has not lived up to his contract. They also signed Kevin Zeitler in the offseason. I know he's a little bit nicked up heading into this game. How does the rest of the line shape, uh, shape out there? I'll tell you what. I actually – Mike Remmers was actually a very surprisingly great – pretty I would say great signing for what he was – for what we were expected to get out of him uh, for Dave Gunnelman. Because to start the year, we were saying, oh, right tackle is this, is this uh, offensive line's weakest spot on the team. But now we're, you know, now I feel like once the bye week kind of reached, there were Giants fans saying that we want Mike Remmers starting at left tackle because that's just how bad Nate Solder is. But also Mike Remmers has not been bad. He's gone up against uh, those Cowboys edge rushers and he's performed pretty well both games. So uh, I would say Mike Remmers has been a plus-plus signing. I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back on maybe another one-year deal next year just because of um, the cap space that's available for the Giants. Also, where where else they want to be spending this offseason. And then also, you mentioned Kevin Zeitler. He is a little nicked up. I'm looking. For, I'm looking at Nick Gates. Nick Gates is an undrafted, uh, undrafted second-year player out of Nebraska. He had an injury last year, but he's looked very good and versatile in all of the roles that he's played throughout the, throughout the preseason. He even played uh, right tackle against the Jets. So if you want to look back at that game and see how Nick Gates is, Nick Gates played that game. I thought he looked pretty good. 
Um, and then also you have John Jalapio at center, who I honestly think that the Giants will try to move on from this offseason. He's been a little disappointing. He's another guy that was really injured all of last year and hasn't really fulfilled uh, up to expectations. Justin Pennick joining us here from the Bleeding Giants podcast. Be sure to follow him there on Twitter. Let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball there, Justin. You know, it's it's funny because it looks like the Giants defense is aligned a lot like the Dolphins in, in more ways than one. Uh, the Dolphins drafted Christian Wilkins in the first round. The Giants drafted his college teammate from Clemson, Dexter Lawrence, who's had a fantastic year. Um, they've also got Delvin Tomlinson, who is comparable really to Davin Gottschaw for us. And you traded for Leonard Williams in the middle of the season, and he's going to be a free agent after the year. And they also signed a couple of players here over the last few years to play the outside linebacker spot, uh, specifically uh, Kareem Martin and Marcus Golden. How does that front seven work for the Giants? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Dave Gettleman has kind of built a team that should be based around having a 4-3 defense. And even if I, you know, I obviously understand that most NFL defenses are running maybe 65% of the time out of nickel, but still, this defense is not built to be centered around two edge rushers. Now, Marcus Golden, who's having a really, really excellent season, uh, he was a guy uh, preseason that I really kind of expected to really have a breakout year, uh, partially because uh, last year in 2018, he was coming off of a torn ACL in 2017. So uh, if you look at some fantasy football metrics, what fantasy football says is that it usually takes two years for a player to really recover from an ACL injury. And that second year when they're coming off that ACL injury, that's going to probably be one of their best years of their entire career. And we're seeing exactly that for Marcus Golden. His eight and a half sacks on the, se on the season, but he also has 21 quarterback hits. In his uh, best season as a pro in 2016, he had 22 quarterback hits and 12 and a half sacks. So even though he's not, he's probably not going to match the sack numbers that he put up in 2016 in Arizona. He's going to get more quarterback hits, and for me, that's more valuable than sacks. And you know, overall, I think that is a better indicator of better, more consistent play. But nevertheless, uh, you know, the Giants with B.J. Hill, who we spent the third round pick on, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, who obviously was well known coming out of Alabama a few years ago. Dexter Lawrence coming out of Clemson and, uh, and throw Leonard Williams in there as well. You know, who we just, you know, <laughs> I gave up a third round pick for somebody who we could have just signed in free agency come this off season, but neither here nor there. I think this team is really, really built around having a four, three system. And I hope uh, post this year, uh, that's going to fit this Giants team and it's going to fit the personnel strengths a lot better. Probably once they move on from James Betcher. Great breakdown there. And in the secondary, Taking a look at their starting four, you've got Antoine Bethay at the, at the safety spot. He's in his 15th year. They just put Jabril Peppers on injured reserve last week. So basically you've got Antoine Bethay at the safety spot. And then you've got basically three kids. You've got DeAndre Baker and Julian Love, who are rookies. And you've got Sam Beal, who was a third-round pick in the supplementary draft last year, too. So I know there's been some growing pains for those younger defensive backs uh, what's the feeling on them heading into week 15? DeAndre Baker's gotten a lot, a lot of hate for very bad moments. And as a cornerback, uh, it's, you know, kind of, kind of similar to offensive line. If your number's being called for various reasons, either for penalties or for big plays allowed, uh, it's, it's, a, it's ultimately a very, very bad look. So DeAndre Baker has fallen victim to those bad moments, but basically uh, since the bye week and ever since Sam Beal has kind of uh, returned back from action, Sam Beal has had uh, 
some health struggles throughout his entire career. So basically, since Sam Beal has started eating into DeAndre Baker's snaps a little bit, he's put up uh, some of his best pro football focus graded numbers his last few weeks, uh, and he's really, really looked good. And I'm really, really excited for him possibly, you know, maybe becoming this full-time, this team's number two cornerback heading into next year. But if I'm the Dolphins, I am finding every single opportunity and every single way of putting Devontae Parker on Sam Beal. Holy smokes. I mean, it's, it's, it's been bad. <laughs> Sam Beal coming back. Uh, I think Giants fans were kind of calling for Sam Beal because he was new. He was unknown. You know, he was kind of like the, you know, the, the dark night waiting in the wings, so to speak. And everybody just wanted to see the new toy. And it just has not, has not worked out at all. Uh, the Giants have been doing this thing where they've putting Janoris Jenkins as their slot corner because slot corner has been a spot that the team has really struggled with. They have, they've struggled trying to find any kind of nickel cornerback. So they put Janoris Jenkins in the slot. But I would put Devontae Parker anywhere that Sam Beal's going. I would try to motion and get Devontae Parker on Sam Beal because that will be money for that Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, and Janoris Jenkins is that is that nickelback, like you said. He should be lined up against Albert Wilson. And then you've got the boundary cornerbacks in Beal and Baker. They've also got former Dolphin Michael Thomas there at, at the safety spot. Uh, he's somebody that, that was a special teams demon for the Dolphins. How has he been over the last two years for you? He's honestly been a joy to watch. Uh, last year, when Landon Collins was hurt, he kind of transitioned to the into the strong safe strong safety spot full time. And you know, he's not a starter, but I'll just say what Mike, Michael Thomas is just a joy to watch because since the the new CBA, I'm saying the new CBA like it's like it happened, you know, just recently. But the new CBA, I think it was after the 2011 2012 lockdown. Yeah. They, they've started to really limit down on how much teams can practice and how much teams can go a full padded action in training camp. So one of the things that I think you've seen that's lost these last few years, ever since you've had guys coming out of the draft that are, you know, obviously after that 2011, 2012 period is guys aren't tackling as well as they used to. You know, you're seeing a lot of arm tackles, you're seeing a lot of missed tackles and you're not seeing a lot of great form tackling. Michael Thomas is one of those guys. He is an excellent form tackler. So even if he's not a full-time starter, and you know you can you can kind of understand that as a Giants fan, the fact that he's there, the fact that he can make plays both on defense and special teams with his you know with his overall technique, he's absolutely a joy to watch. Yeah, we certainly miss him here as a backup DB and on special teams. He was just always a solid player, willing to step in at safety or on special teams or in that in that nickel role. So finally, Justin, what's your prediction on this game? What do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Oh, I mean, if I I am a person that does believe that Daniel Jones does give the Giants a better option to win. I think it also depends on the weather. I have not checked on the weather, but I'll tell you what: the last few games at home in MetLife Stadium, they, they've been raining, and and I've been very upset because I usually try to go to games, and it's just been a disaster weather-wise. So obviously, if it's a weather, if it's a, it's going to be a game that's going to be impacted by weather. I'd say it's a lower scoring game. Uh, with Daniel Jones in, I'm going to say the Giants win if Daniel Jones is in. If Eli Manning is in, the Giants are definitely going to lose, and I don't think that they will honestly. If Eli Manning is in, I don't think they're going to keep it close. They may have a glimmer of hope, maybe to start the game or maybe to end the game, but overall, uh, one of the Giants' problems has been putting a complete game together, uh, and it's mostly, I would say, it's because coaches at this point. Coaches can't adjust. Coaches can't adjust to what the opposing offense or defense is doing. Uh, and that is obviously a problem in the NFL when you can't adjust. And that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Giants matchup with Justin Pennock. 
Be sure to follow him on Twitter, J-P-E-N-I-K-74. He co-hosts the Bleeding Blue Giants podcast. Be sure to check them out as well for year-round New York Giants content. We look forward to having Justin back for hopefully our mock draft a little bit later here in the spring when we see where the Dolphins and the Giants are going to pick in the NFL draft. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. So, Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.